Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. But when it comes to cars and purchasing cars, is there one color of a car that you just say, no, I cannot see myself driving that color of a car? Uh, I don't know. Well, boy, there's some really wild colors. Mm. That are out there now that are our stock from the dealership, like mm-hmm. like bright, bright greens and blues mm-hmm. that I don't know if I see myself in one of those necessarily, unless it's got like a horse on the here uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the little nameplate. Mm-hmm. Um, but even even like an all white car I, it would not be my first choice. Um, when it comes to the colors of cars, uh, it's uh, it's interesting because some cars hold more value because of their color. Okay. Like, I go with a rust color. <laughs> it just blends right <laughs> very, in. Very natural. That's right. Um, but yellow, yellow cars hold their value more than others because I mean, it's one of the sports cars, don't they? And they're the least one of the least popular colors, so they're novel to secondhand buyers. Okay, people are willing to pay a premium for them. Yeah, and I, yeah, there's a real like a green uh, you see on a lot of high end sports cars and yellows. So right. There's um I don't know if it's BMW or maybe it's Honda. Anyhow, there's a it looks like a grayish blue color that I've seen recently that I think looks. Amazing, mm. yeah. But you're right. There is a lot of it's. It's no more just the black and red. No, 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 no. And even the red. It, it is crazy though that if you've gone to buy a car that you know white is like your only option, mm. and then it's premium pricing to put paint <laughs> on the car. Now is it really? Yeah, oh yeah. Wow. Like any of those metallics usually come with some sort of premium. Really. Cross I um, you know, buying a new car and and I've. Have we ever bought a new car? I know we've leased a new car. Anyhow, it's kind of like when you buy a, a a new home and you go to the show home to pick your upgrades. Right, yeah. And the show home is stunning. You got everything. And then your new home just looks like a cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same with a car. You go in and you're like, well, you know, once you start seeing the leather seats and the this and the that, you're like, oh, I got to have Not that. Only that. Like, you know, even your average SUV, the bells and whistles with, you know, Automatic opening trunks mm. with kick plates and all sorts of stuff and side doors that open on their own and, and hatches. You're basically, you're going in and the thing looks like Batman's car. <laughs> like we, wing doors are popping up. How sad is it now we can't even open our own car door because our hands are full with Starbucks coffees and cell phones. <laughs> That's right. Um, so the yellow car, if you're looking at uh, trying to have a car that won't drop in value too much... Appreciate. Okay. The yellow is your way to go. Um, other colors that are uh, popular for uh, a second, uh, slightly used car would be purple, red, green, blue, gray, beige, and silver. Wow. The uh, the color that holds the value the least is brown. Right. Gold ranks second worst, followed by black and white. Okay. So, I once owned a red car. It was fine. Except the entire car was red. <laughs> like the vinyl seats, the dash, the steering wheel, the carpet, the paint. It was the ugliest car you've ever seen. About a uh, couple of hundred uh, Hollywood types signed a letter calling for more responsible gun use on screen. 
uh, people like Amy Schumer, Shonda Rhimes, Judd Apatow, Jimmy Kimmel, Julianne Marr, Mark Ruffalo, many others uh, say that uh, one of the things they can do to help curb gun violence in the U.S. is to maybe be a little more aware of the amount of gun violence uh, in, in the films that Hollywood produces. And it's funny, on Friday, Bill Maher was on about this exact same thing. And he did say, look, it's, it, Hollywood isn't 100% to blame. There's a, many different reasons why some young man picks up a gun and starts shooting. But when a lonely, disturbed young fella sees his hero in a movie getting revenge and the pretty lady at the end, it can have a, it can have a, a, a part to play. Interesting enough, though, in this letter, and it's a fairly long letter, one name on there, or one name that's not on there, is Alec Baldwin. Yeah, uh, I, I, I guess I can see that perhaps that's not the attention they wanted mm. to get to it, or that would just like, bring about an onslaught of, of negative attention mm-hmm. to it. You know, or, or it just drum up something that, you know, I don't think the, the message is necessarily about having guns on set. It's about, you know, glorifying yeah. the, the violence or, or the types of guns that they use, perhaps. Yeah, well, you see, like, even, you know, we were talking the other day about Deadpool and how much we like those films. But there's that one scene where he's, like, flipping upside down with some kind of uh, high caliber gun of some sort. And he he blows away like four guys the bullets go through all their brains as they're standing in a, in a row this is the stuff that you know they they probably got to tame a bit well and, and you know they they talk about video games and its use and and while I don't I don't think there's a direct connection necessarily um that all those who play video games are going to go out and commit uh, heinous acts like no. this but it, but there you know there is an interesting side channel to it where i watch you know, and allow my kids to play video games that have some forms of violence in it. Fortnite is more character-based or caricature-based. Mm-hmm. But there's things like Call of Duty, which are more, you know, human-based or personal-based. And, you know, they they talk openly about, you know, AR-15s and, and or mm. grabbing an AR and, you know, graduating to high-capacity magazines and, you know, different types of weapons uh, that are assault and military weapons mm. that you know you wouldn't really know about. I mean, as I was when I was a kid, though, I watched movies that you know Steven Seagal had an Uzi, right? Mm. And that that was the the quick firing assault rifle of the time, I guess. Right? But you you were a well adjusted young man who had friends and a life and other things right. going on. You weren't uh, you know a, a lonely left alone guy with no friends and bullied at school. How and, do you know? Oh, no. Well probably bullied. I mean look at you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James Corden is going back to the UK. He's taking his ball and he's going home. He mm. says when the Late Late Show is done in spring of 2023. He's heading back to England. His um, wife and kids, I, I believe they bounce back and forth between uh, the States and the UK. And all of his family and all of his wife's family are in Britain. So he's collected a lot of dough. He's cashed some or packed some away, I'm sure. And so he's going to head home and who knows what's next for him. But he's done a, a very good uh, job with that Late Late Show. You never know, too, what people's situations are. If he's got aging parents or in-laws mm-hmm. or something like that that have, have kind of drawn him to go back and be closer to family. Mm-hmm. Joker 2 in the works. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix will be once again back as the Joker, it is said. Although he hasn't signed yet, but you would think that would be the deal. 
But this is an interesting twist. They're going to have the Joker and Harley Quinn matchup. And this time, Harley Quinn would be played by Lady Gaga. And there would be uh, a bit of a musical element to the movie. Oh, like going back to the the Prince collaboration with Batman kind of thing? Mm-hmm, a maybe. Lot of, I don't know, although the Joker doesn't sound like, seem like a movie where a lot of bright kicking and dancing musical numbers would be in the middle of it. <laughs> a bit dark. Well, he did dance down those steps. Yes, he did. Such a great movie. My God. Uh, Jennifer Aniston is uh, taking some heat online because uh, she believes that all the um, TikTok and YouTube videos and all the stuff that's a part of social media and the Internet has diluted the acting job, she believes, and is happy that she came into the industry before all of this. Um, and she just feels like it's it's taking away, perhaps, from those who are legitimate actors. She perhaps doesn't see these TikTok stars or these YouTube uh, influencers as real celebrities. She sees herself mm. as a, a real movie actress. But people are just saying to her, look, you're beautiful and white and uh, that's just not available to everybody. But social media opens that doors to all sorts of people in all different landscapes. I don't know if she necessarily has it right there. Like, well, What's the complaint? That they're not stars? They're not celebrities? They're doing nothing. Right. They're not going out on auditions and fighting for roles. And they're just standing in their bedroom and applying mascara. Right. I know, you know, much could be said for her that she, she auditioned once. Right? Like... When she got the friends role, oh, yeah. she didn't need to audition for a lot after that. No, no. And both of her parents were actors. I don't know how successful they were, but if it's in the bloodline, there's connections. Right. Well, and but I think, you know, she is known as a TV star, a Hollywood star. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, they usually define YouTube or social media stars as just that. Mm-hmm. Like... You know, there's a, a YouTube celebrity or a YouTube star or, a, you know, a YouTube influencer mm. uh, or TikTok or whatever it may be, whatever the social media platform is. That's kind of ingrained in their title. I think she's also, I think she goes on to kind of comment about all the different streaming services, which again, you can say, well, it just that offers more actors opportunity. Well, you know, she, she could also give back the check that she's gotten. <laughs> right. She's from done well friends. on Apple TV. Right. And that's a streaming service. No, no, see, Friends, well, right, because it's streaming and reruns now, so she'd get paid. I think she liked that little exclusive world she lived in. Right. There was only a handful of people. You know, there was Seinfeld and her, and there was Frasier, and there was, you know, must see TV, and she was a part of all of that, and, and none of that really exists, everything. Everything right. is so scattered. You know? So tough. Like, where, where did this come from? Was it an interview that she did, and this is just a snippet of it that's being taken? Be. It could be a podcast it, or something. Or did she just feel the need to, to step out and say this to the world? Like, yeah. well, why? I don't know. And this might be one of my favorite stories of all time. Charlie Sheen's daughter has now joined <laughs> OnlyFans. <laughs> She's 18... <laughs> And he's not happy. <laughs> he blames his ex-wife, Denise Richards, for allowing this. He said it wouldn't happen if she was living in my home. Oh, my goodness. Well, this is the home that was basically a drug den. Right. And it was a revolving door for porn stars. I'm not surprised your daughter's on OnlyFans, <laughs> Charlie. Anyhow, he's uh, he wants her to be classy about it. Because if there's one word that we associate <laughs> with Charlie Jean, it's classy. It's your pal, Craig and Lucky on a uh, lovely Tuesday. Once again, yesterday afternoon was lovely. Today will be lovely. 
with a high of 25 and sunshine. And as we get warmer over the next couple of days, you can expect some rain. But the weekend right now looking terrific. That's how we do it in the summertime. It's only Tuesday and we're already looking towards the Sunday. <laughs> Forget the next three or four days. They don't matter. What does the weekend look like? Uh, that's right. We're just going to sail through this and uh, not worry about that. Let's right. see what we get for a couple of days. Well, it's there. Father's Day weekend, too. It actually, it actually looks quite decent so far. But it's going to get hot and sticky over the next couple of days. So I have this feeling because barbecue conversation and grills have come up in my house over the last little while. Okay. Now, I know nothing. But I got two boys at home right now who work full time. Right. And they know I uh, would like a barbecue. I really have decided not to bother spending the money because Maria's not a huge fan of barbecue. And so when it was just her and I, I probably almost next to never use it. Really? Yeah. I know you cook on it constantly. Yeah. But we don't eat meat every day of the week. Yeah, but you can put vegetables on the barbecue as well. Yeah, but it's so much easier just to throw them in a frying pan. What is it that she doesn't like about barbecue? It's the char, it's the smoke. Well, I mean, like, you don't have to smoke everything. No, it's just, I think that, it's just that general smoke flavoring you. Like, is it, because you use a lot of charcoal. Is it the charcoal that she doesn't like? Because that does impart a flavor. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, a gas barbecue to me is, is almost the same as my gas oven. I think, see, someone, there's a bunch of things in her life <laughs> that somewhere along the way somebody said something to her. Like, she might have heard in the 1980s that microwaves are bad. Right, gotcha. To this day, she runs out of the house when somebody turns one on. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Her and David. Real? Oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, there's a variety of things that somewhere along the way she heard. So she probably heard somewhere along the way that barbecue cooking wasn't good for you. Gotcha. Some test, something somebody said. Yeah, I mean, if you don't clean your barbecue ever, there are carcinogens that can get into your food. This is the thing. And so I think there's something in her that just thinks grilling all the time can't be healthy. Right. So there's that. Right. And I can't. You know, but this is the same woman who, if she got some life-threatening disease, would rub broccoli on it. (laughs) She's one of these people. I love her to death. We've had this discussion in our house. I said to her, look, God forbid, and I should never say that because I don't believe, but something forbid. Right. If one of us gets really sick with something life-threatening, we're just going to have to let that person deal the way they wish. Right. And if you get something life-threatening and you think licking onions is going to fix it, I got to let you do what you got to do. Hmm. And you got to let me race to every scientific... Me- I want everything going. Put right. me in every machine. Shoot me up with every drug. Right. I don't care. I believe in science. A lot of potions and elixirs coming your way. This this is a family uh, who, for the most part, like I, I know her aunts and uncles and others, I think her mom even, maybe didn't get past grade six. Mm. Like they literally just came from a village in Italy where yeah. this, the minute they could help in the fields, they did. That's what you do. That's right. what you do. And yet these are the same people who claim doctors don't know what they're talking about. Right. 
I love them to death. I love them. I'll say this about the microwave. I, you know, I, I at first worried uh, at some point that, man, we really don't know what we're exposing ourselves to. Uh, until I went through university and took the old microwave that my parents had, like the original right. microwave, right. took that to our university kitchen. And it sat on a low shelf right around your junk testicle height. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and we cooked constantly in that thing. And uh, made babies. Fi- five guys in a house, I don't think we ever cleaned it. Oh, God. Uh, and uh, and it was just absolutely nasty. But stood in front of it for mm. hours, mm-hmm. waiting for stuff. How you warmed the cook. room? <laughs> Everything. Um, and, and like there was a lot of those kind of hungry man type meals sure. happening in university in a in a dorm situation. And yeah, popped out too without much effort. So yep, swimmers can swim if they're yeah. swimming. They're swimming. And this the, the the thing. And I've tried to explain this to her. Yeah, maybe in the 70s when microwaves first came on the scene or whenever they first arrived. Sure. Do you want one of those units in your kitchen? Probably not. Right. But technology changes. Look at the TV, I said. Yeah. (laughs) Things evolve and get better. (laughs) Anyhow, so it just seemed to me like for the longest time, if I was to go out and drop, you know, $1,000 or something on on a grill, it, it would get used... Maybe when we had people over. Right. And so it was, to me, it was So a have you been dropping hints about this barbecue? Not really. I no. haven't bothered because we built that deck at the side of the house, and it was designed in such a way that a grill would fit perfectly as you step out the door there. It became a sitting area. Right. And so uh, I just kind of gave up because I just thought, I got my charcoal grill. When I want to grill, I'll grill on that. And I enjoy the whole charcoal experience, and it becomes a bit of a thing. You know, you, you get ready early, and you... You go through the whole process of, of grilling food on charcoal, and I like that. And it's fine if I do it a couple of times a month. It's good enough. Hmm. So I haven't hinted, but Daniel is home. And, you know, it's funny. You'll see this with your boys as they age. The lovely Maria doesn't want pasta or carbs because, again, she feels like it's no good for her. Right. I married an Italian who doesn't want pasta. <laughs> Daniel comes home now, and he's huge into baking bread. Okay. Loves the, the science of baking bread, figuring out different sourdough, whatever bread he's doing. He's got yeast and things growing. Oh, wow. Oh, he's really into it. She's eating bread eight days a week now <laughs> and loving it. If I bought bread, if I say bread. <laughs> if you played bread, the yeah, bed, right? Yeah. There'd be hell to pay. But because her saint of a son is making it. <laughs> Having children is a fun little experience until they're born. <laughs> Uh, here's another reason, maybe reason 10,350 as to why life is harder when you have kids. A a couple took their two young children to a hardware store. This is in the UK. Let's say it was basically the UK's version of a Home Depot. And when they turned their backs for a second, one of the kids decided to go number two in one of the store's display toilets. 
<laughs> well, at least he was trained. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> now, we don't know his age. He's about 19. Um, <laughs> we don't know his age, but he was wearing Paw Patrol shorts and looks barely old enough to be potty trained. Oh, man. The mom says she tried to stop him, but it was too late. She, so she went to grab wet wipes. And he was still on the toilet when she got back. He told her he still needed to finish. Yep. She posted photos of it, because, of course, that's what you do. (laughs) But I love this. (laughs) Including a shot of the husband trying not to gag while he fished it out. (laughs) (laughs) Having kids is great. (laughs) And they just bought a new toilet. (laughs) That's what I would do. You're right. That's a, I would have bought the toilet, taken it out in the back to the dumpster, and chucked yeah, it. There you go. And what's a new toilet? Hopefully it was a cheap one. Hopefully it wasn't a high-end one. A couple hundred bucks. Yeah. I would, I would happily say goodbye to a couple of hundred bucks. She says employees uh, weren't that helpful because they just couldn't stop laughing the entire time. No doubt. And there are photos. And the poor dad. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the other kid, so the, the one kid's on the can in the photo, and it looks like he's giving him a good good push. And then the other one is, like, standing on top of the, uh, the tank at the bottom of it. Like, just children, children can turn anything into an amusement park. Right. That's so good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't know that I ever had any of my kids do that. They never... I remember Daniel, there was a big stack of like empty, you know, those big old blue water jugs you used to get that you put put into the uh, water dispensing machines. I remember they were all stacked up against a wall and he fell into them and knocked them all over the place. Oh, man. And I gave him that when we got (laughs) the closed mouth speech (laughs) through your teeth. I'll tell you something, grocery stores, and and I I mean, I'm sure uh, they understand this, it works to their favor, but... For the love of parents, for their sanity, you really got to get rid of the rack of candy at every checkout because kids just dive at that stuff. Oh, yeah. Grab and, and I used to say to both of my boys as we were going through the checkout, keep your hands in your pockets. Don't touch anything. Right. And then I remember with this situation with the water jugs, I, I guess Daniel, because Daniel and David, the second we got into a grocery store, I don't know why. But it would turn into World War Three between the two of them. Uh-huh. So I'd have to put one. So I say to Daniel, stand in front of these water jugs. Don't move. Don't breathe. Don't blink. Stand there. I totally pushed one. And he just, <laughs> you know, the arms again. The arms are like those blow-up things in a car dealership. <laughs> and down go all the jugs. <sighs> yeah. Your kids ever uh, pull a stunt like that? Boy, I, I don't remember, a, a, like, a massive knocking down of anything. Or a pooping in a toilet in a store? N- no. <laughs> Although I was uh, just driving down the road the other day, and there was a, a mom you know, with a stroller, and there's probably a, a toddler, maybe a three-year-old, uh, in front of it, who decided on the uh, corner of, uh, of of the lawn mm. uh, of, of this, like, lot, it, it, the corner lot, to just drop trowel. <laughs> And go right there. <laughs> and and I, I, I was parked. I, I sat and just watched this woman in complete amazement yeah. uh, and bewilderment of what to do next. <laughs> like, Children. Do you, do you gotta, like searching for something to clean this up. 
<laughs> kids don't care. We were at a Stonehenge a while back, and there was a dad and his wife and a very young child. And the kid was so young, he had like a plastic golf club, you know. And the three of them were in the cart, and every now and then the kid would uh, get to try to swing at the ball. And so at one point, I think at like the second tee box... He just decides it's time to pee. Yeah. Drops his shorts. That's what they do. That's what they do. I remember we were at a cottage when one of the boys was very young. I think it was Daniel. And there was a big rock you could climb up on. And I guess for some reason we had rented this cottage and Daniel decided it was fun to stand on this rock and pee off of it. Or maybe we said, hey, that would be fun. Do that. And later that night we're in the cottage and he's in the bathroom for quite a while. And one of us goes to check on him and he's standing on top of the toilet peeing on the floor because <laughs> you can do it on a rock outside why not in the bathroom every work day has its ups and downs but everyone has one thing that sets them off every time uh people were asked to produce a list of things that make office work tough and makes you lose your cool chances are maybe one of these will set you off unreasonable colleagues okay have any lucky <laughs> hmm. A <laughs> uh, big workload. Right. When your computer decides to do an update at the worst time. Right. That that happens to all of us at some point. The printer not working. The printer, I was going to say printer issues. And not necessarily paper jam. That's crazy. But, uh, but you know what? And we've got a printer here. And you know, it's, it's one of those big, fancy office crazy yeah, ones. Yeah. But what drives me nuts is when it runs out of paper. It just shuts down. Or oh, does it really? Right. Like, you wouldn't know because uh, no. I refill the paper. I the just thing walk constantly. away. Yeah. But, it, but you'll hit print. And instead of it telling you, like, you know, load more paper, mm. it'll just, like, turn off. <laughs> like, well, what the hell kind of response is that? And, you know, you know, we don't have a printer in the studio. So when we print, we got to walk down and get it. And, you know, it's such a, a small issue. But mm. when you hit print and it doesn't print, mm-hmm. well, things just don't work when they're supposed to. It's, it's really so annoying. frustrating. It's really annoying. And our patience level of, with anything, of course, yeah. is zero. Uh, our IT department. In right. general, we can't stand them. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they always, whenever you, and I think this is true of a lot of workplaces, if you have IT, whatever you have. Whenever you go with a problem, one, they make you feel like a moron because it's such an easy fix. Right. Or two, they give you that very condescending, like, well, you broke it. Right. Like, you, you know, what you're did not, you do? What did you do? I don't know. I logged in. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the high percentage of the time it is a user error mm. uh, in that. But the other thing with IT departments is they basically should be vampires. Like, they should work overnight mm-hmm. <laughs> so that when everyone gets in, it's done and ready to go. For some reason, it all kind of shuts down in the middle of the day. Yeah. It's always so embarrassing, too. This happens with my my sons because they're of a generation where all they've known is computers, and I'll be fumbling with something and can't figure it out, and they'll basically come and hit the escape button for me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Fixed, Dad. <laughs> Idiot. But there have been, like, legendary IT department calls, mm-hmm. like, you know, the coffee warmer and my computer isn't working. <laughs> and it wasn't. It's the CD player, the DVD-ROM. That's great. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Uh, someone else pointing out mistakes you've made? Right. Oh, I, I never have that problem here at work. Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> you? An error? <laughs> no. Colleagues taking personal calls at work? I, I tell you what. Luckily... 
I, I'm not in an office, but we do have, uh, you know, families here with young children and marriages. This is an interesting place to work because uh, because so many, it, it's like it's treated like their own family room. Right. You know, like I've been in office towers where I, I could just never imagine dragging my kid in to sit on the floor beside my desk because <laughs> they got the sniffles. <laughs> Or you walk into like our, our our lunchroom area and there's a big leather couch. People are sleeping on it. Right. Taking an afternoon nap with the lights <laughs> out and the doors closed. It's a place of business. Go home. <laughs> Go home. That that would drive me crazy. If I was in a in an office situation with you know, little cubicles and I could hear my my office partner there, like on the phone with his wife or girlfriend or kids. Right. Or planning some, you know, Shmoopy, smoopy conversation. <laughs> Sweetie pies. Of course, the uh, kitchen sink and the uh, fridge in a workplace is always a huge <sighs> nightmare. It's a nightmare. I, like, I I don't know. If, people can't live at home like that. No. They can't. No. We just don't care. Yeah. We really are so self-centered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put my stuff in there, and that's it. And if I forget my stuff in there, then it's just forgotten Yeah, and gone. It's there for months. Could be cheese. Could be meat. Nobody knows anymore. Could be yogurt. <laughs> you must. You must say a little prayer every day, huh? You think I, I've never had it so good, right? Working with a guy me? like you. 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 <laughs> Let's say I've working with a guy like Craig. He's a saint, right? He's a saint. Right. This guy. <laughs> well, listen. I, I will say this. You're a very angry and bitter man. <laughs> I got a lot of reasons. But, Look at my life. But it's rarely directed at me. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm more, I'm not, I'm not a punching bag necessarily for it. No. I'm more a soundboard <laughs> for it. You're, you're a witness to the collision. Yes. Yeah. To the accident that is my life. Right. And I get to sit in my car and well, I'm thankful I'm not that guy. <laughs> I am that guy. <laughs> you're that guy. Oh, I just realized I'm that guy. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.